just to come and make us feel good. We exist because we have the greatest message that people need to hear, the thing that can change their lives forever. And that's why I love the church. I was, in fact, saying to Krista tonight, who's been so kind to transport me all three nights, that one of the things I know about every church, like any organization, it's made up of human beings, which means it's got stuff. It's going to have problems. Brothers and sisters fight. You know how this works. But the people of God have a message that you're not willing to get better. You're surrendering to the only one who can make you better. The church is not about the amazing grace of Jesus to save me, but then I work my way into getting better because you won't be able to do it. You can't. The gospel says you can't, but he can. You don't have to because he does. You just surrender. That's why that song's so powerful. I touch the sky when my knees hit the ground. Everything's opposite in the world of God. Everything's upside down. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you serve. Trevor said it beautifully as we start. If you want to experience all that God is, you become like a little child. It's so opposite of everything in our culture. And that's why we have to be different. We're not trying to be weird. We're not isolationists hiding in a corner somewhere. No, we're salt and light in the middle of the world that has no flavor and is really dark. And that's why we're here. It gives us a reason to get up every morning in the midst of your struggles that you get up every morning because you know that God has given you the greatest message on the planet, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that makes us want to get up and see what he has for us today. I love the fact that you're in the series on the message. It's not just the message of the Foursquare Church, because I actually find this message on websites about denominations all over the world. But it's Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's Jesus Christ, our baptizer in the Holy Spirit, the one who empowers us to live this life. It's Jesus Christ who is our healer of body, soul, and spirit. It's Jesus Christ who is our coming king, not just at the end of the world, but he comes to us every day. He's with us every day. The message of the Foursquare family is Jesus. Now, you know, a lot of folks have a lot of different ideas about denominations. And, you know, I get them, I hear people call them denom, demon, nations. Uh, But here's the thing. All it is is a group of churches who say this. We have a common mission. We have a common set of values. We have a common doctrine that we believe, and we believe we're better together. And we believe we can accomplish more together than a bunch of churches being independent from one another. And so we've chosen to join together. Around a founder, who I want you to hear me to say tonight, the founder of our church is not Amy Simple McPherson. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ who's our founder. So if you want to know something, say, I'm going to talk a little bit about DNA tonight, about building our future on the foundations of our past. And the reason why that's important is I have a passion for the young generation. I've always felt that I was a bridge from one generation to another. It's always been the way of my life. I love young people, and I want to set them up to succeed. This church has a long history, and it should have a really long future. And the reason for that is because people who believe in passing it on from one generation to another. 
It's all the scripture talks about over and over and over again, passing on God's ways to the next generation. And yet sometimes we can lose our way because we don't know what we're birthed in. Have you ever seen somebody trying to be something they're not? It's one of the saddest things in the world to watch somebody really trying to be something that they're not. And the wonderful thing about Christianity is that God wants you to be uniquely you, who he's created you to be, because you have a unique contribution to make to the earth. It's the same way for a church. In fact, I always love to talk about the body of Christ. That's the term that's used for the church. It's the body of Christ. Paul writes a lot about it in the New Testament. And what he says is that my foot is different than my hand, and my nose is different than my ear, but all parts are important, and each need to be connected doing their part. And when every part of the body of Christ fulfills its unique purpose, it says that the body grows all by itself in love. And I see all the different types of churches. See, I don't have any problem that there's over 30,000 denominations in the world. I don't have any problem that there's over 300,000 churches in the U.S. You know why? Because there's still lost people. And as long as there's lost people, there's got to be more churches. And there's got to be different kinds of churches because people are different. People are uniquely drawn to a church that aligns to them, that they can connect to. And if we haven't found one we connect to, then we need another new church led by a different type of person. We need one maybe that acts more like an elbow than a knee. It's okay because the whole point is that people would come to know Jesus. So I don't have any problem with the different denominations. All we are, when I, when I think about a denomination, in fact, or a group of churches, I think of it as all the cells and the systems of my body come together to be my hand. You see a hand, but man, within that, there's all kinds of different things, cells and bones and muscle and tissue. That's how groups of churches are. And it's a wonderful thing that God's done to make us unique. So I want to tell you a little bit about this one because I think it's important for you to know who we are, who you're a part of, that you're uniquely you and don't try to be somebody else. Be you because there's a group of people all over this island who need you to be you, need this church to be what God has founded it on. In fact, when I wrote this out, building our future on the foundations of our past, The theme scripture for Foursquare is really of the church at large. It's our founder's word. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. His ways change. In fact, rarely did he do anything the same twice. Look through scripture. And I'm glad for that. I don't know about you, but I like variety. But God and who he is and what you can count on does not change. So you can build the future on the foundations of our past. And friends, we live in a world right now where there's not a lot of anchor. There's not a lot of uh, something that holds us steady. If you notice it, if you're watching the news, if you're paying attention to what's going on in our world, everything seems to be rocking and swaying and rolling And the thing about Christianity is Hebrews teaches us we have an anchor of hope 
that holds us safe and secure. Hope Chapel, this is a place that fulfills this scripture that Jesus Christ is an anchor that's steady and secure when your world is rocking. That's our message, and that's what we build on. I like to talk about how DNA matters, and I say that because DNA is what wires you to be who you uniquely are, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in every way, it's who you are. And God created you in your mother's womb to be uniquely you. Scripture says he knit you together and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And all the days ordained for you were written in his book before any of them came to be. That's true of all of us individually and it's true of us together as a church of the Lord Jesus. So our DNA matters so that we know who we're supposed to be. The word identity means the collective aspect of the set of characteristics by which a thing is definitively recognized or known. In other words, it's who I am. We've talked about for two days around here the lies the enemy tells us that we begin believing and then we establish an identity out of something that's not true. And I want you to know the identity of the church of Jesus Christ, because it's absolutely true. I spend a whole lot of my time in an airplane. A lot of my time in an airplane. And I've come to find the American Way magazine to be very enlightening. Because before they let us leave our phone and our iPad on, I always had to pull that magazine out till I got up to 10,000 feet, you know, then I could turn on my electronics. And one day I'm flipping through this magazine and there's this full page ad. You see it on my computer screen right there. And the minute I saw it, I sensed the Holy Spirit speak to my heart that there's a prophetic sense about this ad. And I tore it out of the magazine because they tell you you can take it with you so I didn't do anything wrong. And I tore it out of the magazine and I stuck it in my computer until I got home and I brought it to our president, Glenn Burris, and I said, Glenn, there's something about this for Foursquare. The blueprint to the next 100 is found in the first 10. See how the 1 and the 0, the 10 is completed? And this ad for this Dayton University was saying the blueprint for our next 100 years is really found in the first 10. And what it's saying is who we were born to be is who we're supposed to be for the next 100 years. The DNA that we were birthed with, we're supposed to live into the future. And I sensed for our church family, this was true. You can forget who you are and lose your way as you live life. Storms come along and stuff hits you. And sometimes you react and readjust to life and you can forget who you are and what you're about. Organizations do this as well. And so we've been on this journey to reevaluate who are we and why are we here. I'm one of those people, I don't believe in just taking up space. We've got a purpose. We don't just gather here because it's the thing to do and this has been happening for dozens of years. We do this because God puts you here for a purpose in this place. So what is that purpose and what is it all about? So when I begin to think about this and go back, and, and I'm so grateful that Carl is really preaching on this because the message is central. We focus on Jesus Christ and him alone. 
In fact, our founder, Amy Simple McPherson, used to say, in the essentials, unity, in the non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. What does that mean? There's a few things in the gospel we agree on. And there's a lot of stuff we're going to disagree on. In fact, if I were to take a poll here tonight, about 10 different things I would call non-essentials, some of you would pound the table. This is an essential and everybody ought to believe it. But we don't. We don't agree on some of these things. That's why there's 30,000 denominations in the world. But those are not essentials. They're uniquely us. They're what define us. But they're not essentials. The essentials are these kinds of things. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. We believe that God sent his only Son, born of a virgin. And we believe he lived a sinless life and he died a sinless death for the sins of all mankind, that whosoever will would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. We believe for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. We believe that all of our sins are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Friends, those are the essentials. Now, there's about a million other things on top of that that are all a part of all the different churches, including ours. But those are the things that are most important. And that's why when we say Jesus is our Savior, everything you ever need is found in Jesus Christ alone. When we say Jesus is our healer, that means the brokenness of body, soul, and spirit are found healing in Jesus Christ. Sometimes he does it in a miracle, and sometimes he does it over a lifetime. When we say that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, it means he completely submerges our life into the life of the Spirit and empowers us to do things we could never do on our own. When we say he's our coming king, it means we believe he's ever-present with us, and someday he will come again. And everything that's been ran by sin and evil and injustice in this world will be made right. Justice will prevail when God says it's time. That you can count on. That's what we believe. So there's some real essential things that will not change ever because it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's some unique things that God did in this Foursquare family I love to talk about, and I'll tell you, I want every young person in the room to listen. This young woman was traveling the country preaching revivals with hundreds and thousands of people coming and people being healed when women didn't even have the right to vote yet. This woman got in a car that she literally painted the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus is coming soon, all over this outside of this car and drove it all over this country to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ when women had no rights at all in this country yet. We talk about women's lib now. We had no idea what it was like when she did this. She went to Los Angeles, California because God gave her a vision. And I wish all of you could come and see it at some point. I hope if you're coming to Anaheim for convention, any of you, you get to see this. There is a building this weekend that will be filled with over 5,000 people. 
that she built and dedicated in 1923 on the corner in Echo Park, California, and she was barely 30 years old. And God gave her the plans to build this building. And I want to just tell you this because this isn't about Amy. This is about God. This is about the God you serve, that he chose a young person to do something people said could not be done. And she went there and simply preached the message of Jesus, not the four-square message, the message of Jesus. And people began to come to Christ. And she built this building. The left wall shoots straight toward the skyline of Los Angeles. The right wall shoots straight toward Hollywood. And the front of it is rounded. And if you stand on top of our office building and look at it, you see it. God told her this is to be a megaphone to the city. And that's exactly what the building is shaped like and what it's been now ever since 1923. Several years ago, quite a few now, a young man by the name of Matthew Barnett, barely over in his mid-20s, felt called to Los Angeles and we appointed him to that historic church. We partnered with the Assemblies of God and the Dream Center and I wish you could stand there today. I love to just stand on the corner. This building was built when there wasn't cars So we had no parking for 5,000 people. So recently, we finally built a parking garage. And I want to tell you why I love this story. I was there a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning, and the place is rocking. This building has got stained glass windows in this dome. It is a national landmark by the historic society of our country. But it's got huge screens and a rocking sound system and smoke and lights. And this place lifts the roof on Sundays. 5,000 young people, Hollywood celebrities that you would recognize, fall into this place. And I watch Matthew preach a simple gospel week after week after week. And watch hundreds of hands go up every week of people accepting Jesus Christ. A person doesn't start... A church like that. Only God does. A person didn't start this church in Kaneohe. Only God does when it endures like this. This is important for you to know. I want you to remember that being a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an incredible gift. And you're a part of something much larger than yourself. That you can find commonality. I could meet you tonight having never met you before. And we'll have a bond because we both know Jesus. Because there's something that makes us brother and sister in Christ even when we've never met each other. I know how true this is because I was adopted at birth. And 21 years ago, I met my mother and four sisters who I had never met before. And the minute I met them, there was a heart connection that I can't even explain to you. And the Lord spoke to me and said, that's what it's like in the family of God too. Because when I knit people together through the blood of Jesus Christ, it makes you family. It's why the scripture even says he puts the solitary, the alone, into families, into the family of God. The church is an awesome thing. (laughs) With all of our brokenness, with all of our stuff that happens because we're humans, there's nothing like the church the family of God. This particular family that Amy started in this building in Los Angeles, California, I want to tell you some few, few things about it. 
because I think you'll find commonalities even in this place now. She was passionate about discipleship, about children and youth. In fact, it's said that she would drive that little car up to the church and it had running boards on the sides and the kids knew she loved them and they'd come running up after school and they'd jump on the side of the car on those running boards and hang on. And she'd slowly drive into the lot, bring them into the kitchen of the parsonage that's there, and make cookies and tell them about Jesus. Pastoring 5,000 people every service. In fact, they would have so many services through the week, sometimes up to 21 services a week. And the building seats 5,300 people at that time. But she still had time for kids to come in the kitchen and bake cookies because she believed in the next generation. Rockin' youth services. Six months after the church started, she started a Bible institute because she knew that young people needed to be trained to know God. In fact, when you graduated from Sunday school class, we used to have then in those days Sunday school classes up through my childhood, you would get a certificate that says, given to you by Life Bible College. And what she said was, kids, you go to church, you go to high school, you go to the Bible College, and you get trained. Because you're going to be a missionary somewhere. We're going to send you out. You may be a doctor, you may be a lawyer, you may be a garbage collector, you may be a secretary, but whatever you are, you're a missionary first and foremost. Friends, that has not changed. Every single one of you, wherever you go, every single day, God has sent you on assignment. You don't get employed by a place. You're called by God to go there. And the incredible thing is, they pay you to show up. Right? God gives you a mission field and they pay you to be there. Everybody's in full-time ministry. That's what's so cool about this. We have to train our children. I am passionate about this. I have a three-year-old grandson and I think about the world he's growing up in and it scares me until I remember that God is faithful. And generation after generation after generation, God is faithful. But it doesn't excuse me as a parent, grandparent, from training my children to know the ways of the Lord. Parents, it's not the church's responsibility alone to train your children. They only have them maybe two hours a week. But the church is here to partner with you, to train your children, to raise them up in the ways of the Lord, that they too can make a difference in their world. She was a woman, Amy was a woman of creativity and innovation. In fact, I love this because I get in some of our churches and I see some of the most creative things happening. I've seen it here. Some of the most creative things that people are doing in ministry. Creativity and innovation runs in your bones. Why? Because God is the greatest creator in the world. And when I hear Christians say, well, I'm not very creative. Yes, you are. Because God lives in you. And he's the one who stepped out on nothing and said, let there be, and there was. And he lives in you. And I love the creativity and innovation. And if you ever study her life, you find she did all kinds of dramas. Charlie Chaplin used to be her choreographer. Anthony Hopkins played in the band. These are the kind of people. Frank Gifford went to the church there as a little bitty boy. These are the kinds of people who have been influenced by this message. She would do these huge dramas. One time she drove into the temple on a motorcycle with a police outfit on, and this is how bold she was. She came up to the front and she said, Stop, you're all going to hell. 
bold, innovative, creative. That's what we're a part of. She was so sincere about social compassion and justice issues that she was leading this church during the Great Depression. And I want you to hear this because this is so real for us today. I love what I heard the last two days about the ministries taking place to the poor and the needy and the hurting people out of this church. That's part of your DNA. Amy had a commissary that fed people during the Great Depression so well that the L.A. County Department of Welfare turned people away and sent them to Angela's Temple because they said she's doing a better job of it than we are. She was in her 30s. But she cared so much about her world. There was constantly something going on. Feeding the poor, taking care of people, the broken, the downtrodden. That's what the church is for, folks. We're supposed to make a difference in our world, not just in the message of our preaching, but with our hands and our deeds. If our communities are not being transformed by practical deeds of the church, we're failing in what we do. We're not just supposed to stand up here on this hill and preach. We're supposed to go where the people are and make a difference every single day. Caring for people. There are practical things that every single one of you can do to make a difference in a person's life. And that's what we're called to. That's a part of who we are. She was always embracing and empowering diversity and leadership, obviously. A whole lot of churches would never let me stand on this platform and speak to you tonight. A lot of churches won't. And they'll tell you why. But we're a church who believes the scripture strongly endorses women in leadership ministry. And we're a church that believes when God said, this is that, that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on your sons and your daughters. And they will prophesy that God changed the status of everybody at the cross. And in that, there is no ups and downs. There's no haves and have-nots. There's no male, female, this people group or this people group. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And Jesus sees us all the same. And she was all about inclusion. I love the fact, you know what I love about Hawaii that's different than the mainland? When we talk about multiculturalism here, you all look at us like we're weird. Because this island, all these islands, you're just multicultural, and I don't think you even think about that. But in the mainland, we have to talk about it because it's still the most segregated place on the planet on Sunday morning. And we have to talk about that. This church, this four-square family, didn't see color, race, people groups, social status, male, female. We said Jesus loves us all the same. And we're all family, and we all unite together. In fact, we really are interdenominational. We talk about being a family, but we are interdenominational. And we used to say, brethren, God has called us to unity. And I get nervous when I hear Foursquare talking about Foursquare all the time. Because we're really about the body of Christ. Foursquare is just our uniqueness. But in this place, in this city, we should be partnering together with every church that holds to those essentials because it will take all of us together to reach the world for Jesus. We are interdenominational. We are focused on a local and a global mission. I love to tell this story. 
Amy used to preach a sermon, this is my task, to take the whole gospel to the whole world, to every man, woman, boy, and girl as fast as possible. And she did it. Listen, in the United States, we have some 2,000 churches and meeting places, congregations. But worldwide, we're nearing 70,000 churches and meeting places in almost 150 nations. Because people decided that when God calls me to go, I'll go. And some of you may be in this room tonight, and God may call you to leave your comfort zone and be a missionary, not just where you go to work, but in another country. You should obey him if he asks you to go. There are still billions of people who have never heard the message of Jesus Christ. We still have a job to do. We're willing to go. We have a focused mission, and we have a focused message. Jesus is our Savior and our healer. Carl had asked me to share a little bit about the DNA of Foursquare and about who we are, and I think it's so important because every now and then, you know, I have an iPhone, and, and when I turned it on after I got here, it had this little circle that came up, and it said recalibrate. And, you know, it has you twist it so that it calibrates, so that it can do your GPS and all of that. That's what some of this is about, folks. This message, me being here and sharing with you this weekend, it's about recalibrating. It's about remembering who you are. The scripture talks about remembering probably as much or more than anything else. In fact, God said to his people one time, beware lest you forget. Beware lest you forget that it's God who gives you power to get wealth. It's God that gives you the breath in your lungs to get up every morning and the strength to go to your job. It's God who gives us all things that we have. In fact, Paul said, what do you have that you haven't received? It's all from God. In fact, I love what Mike said to you about tithing tonight. And I would say even a stretch further than that, it's not even beyond priorities. It's about trust. It's about me remembering that I have no life apart from God. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can live on this earth, but you can do nothing of eternal value apart from God. It ends here on this earth, and I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty temporal. That sounds pretty short. And I want us to just recalibrate as a church tonight to just shake all the stuff off that the world adds to our lives and get it down to this real simple thing, the message of Jesus Christ, our Savior. The message of Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would just believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. That's really our message. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're new tonight, this may seem like a very strange message to you. But I just want you to hear, this is like having a family dinner. Um, Worship team, would you come? 
You know, uh, every now and then when my family, we've all been running different directions and we haven't connected in a while, I'll call family dinner and everybody knows mom said be there. And everybody gathers around the table and it's just a more special time. I cook and they eat and we laugh and we talk and we reconnect. Sometimes as a church we need to do that. And If you're new here tonight, what I hope you heard is that this is a family. One of the greatest traits about Foursquare, I hear it called all the time, is the family. We're about relationships. It means we don't always agree. Sometimes we'll have difficulty. But we're committed to our founder, Jesus Christ. And we're committed to his message. Because I, I, you hear the passion in my voice. I know that it is the only good news worth hearing. Because it is the news that will change your life. And the intention of my message tonight is just to remind us all, if you're a believer, if you're walking with Jesus, what you're a part of. And not only that you belong, but that you have a purpose in it. You have a message You have a part to play. People need the message that you have of Jesus Christ. You have hope. You have creativity. You have a way to share with people the greatest story that's ever told. And you have the ability to do it together. That you're never alone in the family of God. That we're in this thing together. And you know why it's important to know about the history and recalibrate? Because it's what David said as he was getting old and he wrote in scripture, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And the reason why we need to remember and recall the history is because when you get in a really tough place, the thing that you can count on is God has been faithful for a really long time. And if he is the same yesterday, today and forever, and he's always been faithful, he's going to be faithful for you too. And you can count on him. The reason you need to know you're a part of church with DNA and a long history founded by Jesus Christ is because you can count on that being true for you today too. And the reason it's important to know what happened with Amy Simple McPherson is some of you young people need to believe and dream that God can use you just like he did her. And by the way, some of you gray hairs need to know that too. Because part of that promise is that our young men will see visions and our old men will dream dreams. And you're not done till God says you're done. And you have a message. You have a message to the young that says, I've seen God be faithful through my life and he will be faithful to you too. You can count on him. That's what this is all about. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus, maybe you've never even heard this gospel message, I want you to know that God loves you unconditionally. He is real. And all he's asking is that you will open up and receive his gift. Even he'll give you the gift of faith to believe. He gives you the faith of Jesus to believe. And if you'll just open up and receive that, he will transform your life 
and give you purpose to live every day and be changed at him. If you're here today, I'm going to count to three. We're bold in our commitment to Christ, and I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And if you're here and you say, you know what? I don't understand it all. I don't even know half of what you've said tonight, but something in my heart says I have to respond to this. I want you to raise your hand and say yes to Jesus. One, two, three. Yes, Lord. I respond to you. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Three, four, five hands. When Jesus can save you through a message about this, that's the power of the gospel. That's who Jesus is. Would you pray with me, Lord? Thank you that tonight I believe that you died for my sins. I take my life and all that it's been and I offer it to you as a gift. And I say to you, Lord, the gift I give is I surrender all that I am to you. But I receive your gift of salvation. Lord, whether I think my life has been good, bad, or otherwise, it's nothing compared to the life I receive from you. I receive the forgiveness of all of my past, all I've been, all I've done. And I receive all that you are. I ask you to come into my life and to change me. And it not just be a moment now, but that every day I would learn more and more to walk with you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, that's why we show up. Now, I want to tell you the other part of it. Those of you that raise your hands, this is where I get, I'm really adamant about this. you got a big ocean here. I want you to get baptized. I want you to be water baptized as soon as the church offers it. And I'll tell you why. It tells your heart and everybody around you that when you go down in that water, that you die with Christ, you give up your life, everything we've been talking about tonight. And you rise up out of that water in all that Jesus is. It's a powerful thing. And then get plugged into this church. Get connected to the people around you. Let them teach you what it means to walk out this new life in Jesus Christ. Now to the rest of you, Hope Chapel, I just want to tell you, we love you. We're together in this thing for the greatest mission on the planet. And that is for Jesus to be made famous in people's lives around the world. This, this island needs you. And they need you to be passionate about Jesus. They need you to do it together. And the world needs to watch you walk through the things that you'll struggle with together and watch what Jesus does as he walks it out together. I pray tonight that your heart is recalibrated, that you're charged once again to commit to Jesus and to one another and all that he would have you do as a church. We believe in you, and there's greater days ahead than you've ever known before because God is faithful. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Tammy. Hey, was that good? Um, that was really good.
You know, as I was thinking about, I was thinking about that. What it did for me, that recalibration, the reminding, when I hear about the roots of our denomination and who we are and our original DNA, it does something for me. It reminds me of, you know, the passion of our, our, our human founder. Obviously, Jesus Christ is the founder. But the passion that Amy had, that was just a young girl that said, I, I just want people to know Jesus. He's the best thing. He's, he's all that I got. Whatever it takes, God, I'm willing to do anything for you. And he did stuff. But it's, it reminded me of, you know, how the, the scripture tells us to refer, uh, return to our first love. It just reminds me of, of, of who I am and, and what my feelings for Jesus should be about. I, I, I watched this movie. Maybe you guys have seen this movie. You ever seen the movie Hook? I was just thinking about this. The Hook, it's the Peter Pan one, right? Robin Williams, right? And the whole premise for the movie, if you guys remember, that, that Robin Williams is Peter Pan, right? And he, what happens in the movie, it's like a further adaptation of the story, is he grows up and he goes off to London. He leaves Neverland and he becomes like a normal human and all of that. And then he finds his way back into to Neverland. I don't know how it all goes, but he needs to be Peter Pan and the Lost Boys need him to be Peter Pan, but he totally forgot who he was. And they're telling him, Peter, Peter, no, 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 no. And there's a point in the movie when it all starts to come back to him and he starts, he finds he can fly and the, all the deal, I don't remember all the, the details, but I remember one of the Lost Boys like holds his face right and looks at him and he goes, oh, there you are, Peter. It's like his original who he was supposed to be came out and it just, and everything became magical and they flew around, right? Everything, that's a great, great ending, great movie and all of that. And he beat Hook and, and all that stuff. But when I'm charged with a message like this, it's like God reminding me, Carl, remember who you are. Remember who I am in your life. Remember what I'm capable of doing in your life. Remember the, the foundation of your, the heritage of your Foursquare family, of your denomination. But remember, Carl, who I am to you and what you're capable of because of me. And remember that you're charged with giving that away to everybody else. And so I hope you're inspired the way that I was tonight. And I hope you got what the Lord is trying to speak to us, what the Holy Spirit is trying to stir back up in our hearts. And um, we're just blessed. And we just thank you, Tammy. Thank you so much for, for a good word. That was awesome.